Good morning and a happy Thursday to you folks. Today we're going to reverse our mind forward. That's right. We're going to reverse our mind forward. Here's how we're going to do that. Remember the merry-go-round, those carousels and the horses and chariots that seem to go up and down and around and around? Well, that tangible object, the merry-go-round, is often called the intangible merry-go-round of life the ups and the downs, and it just seems the hamster wheel never stops going round and round. I think it's safe to say today that that merry-go-round has turned into a roller coaster. You know, really, at the end of the day, a roller coaster is nothing more than a glorified merry-go-round. You got ups and downs and twists and turns, speeds and jerks and corkscrews, all kinds of distractions from a person realizing who they are. When you look at your smartphone, credit card debt, the Super Bowl, cosmetic surgery, shiny objects. Those are just a few things that can be our distractions in today's world, a part of the roller coaster of life. Now, folks, today, here's what we're going to do. We're going to reverse our life forward and become aware that we are on a roller coaster and decide we're going to jump off little by little. And today, we're just making ourselves aware. Folks, reverse your life forward. Now, let's get this party started. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Show, play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. Third time to charm. It is a Thursday today in our time machine edition here. Zip. Of course, it's a Friday as we're recording it for our Thursday edition. But the time machine's going to take care of that with the three E's. Yep. The time machine will take care of that. I can't wait for that day when I push the the re calendar button mm-hmm. and everything just. Default. Right, right now, I haven't done that yet. No, no. Right now, I'm putting them out just as they come. Here's a thought. You know, we might consider using the time machine for other things than recording the show. We don't know how to use that for that yet. Okay. I okay. only know how to use the time machine on the website. Okay. I was hoping you could buy me a future sports almanac. Boy, Frackleberry Hound is really she's, not excited about the recording. She's been. She's got just a chewy paw. Big old elk antler, chewy paw. She must know it's our sponsor this week. Mm-hmm. She got a big old chewy paw in the mail. Couldn't even wait to rip that open. She just ripped her open, took out that big now, elk antler. Yeah, now it looks like she's had it for a year. Come here, girl. Look at her just walking yeah, around. She's strutting around the studio here. Cock of the walk right there. Oh, beautiful <laughs> girl, beautiful girl. Well, folks, welcome. This is... The Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling, and we've got just a lot of catch-up to do. Sterling was gone last week for five days. I had four meetings and two days out of town. And uh, this week, we're still trying to play catch-up because uh, in order to do the morning show, we got to be in the same room. And when he goes east and I go west, it's hard to be in the same room. And it's even hard to be in the same room when we're in the same town. So... <laughs> Uh, that's how she goes here today. So yep. we're trying to catch up as our Thursday edition. And uh, you've got uh, some plans this weekend you were talking about at the Comic-Con. Yeah, I'm taking my teenage daughter to the Comic-Con, which, of course, was totally canceled last year due to COVID. 
She's super excited. She's into that cosplay stuff, you know. If I was going to think of anybody Mm -hmm. who would come out in droves, it would be the Comic-Con people. Oh, man. Yeah, well, they love strutting around, you know. Well, and a lot of their costumes are going to probably have masks anyways you know exactly my uh, daughter's costume already has a medical mask as part of it so my guess is there'll be a lot of mortal combat think so well mm-hmm. didn't most of their a lot, characters a lot of sub-zero and scorpions right. walking around and reptile the green one <laughs> get over here and you can buy i think those mortal combat masks pretty easy you know what i want to get my hands on apparently at disney world you're going to start to be able to get a real lightsaber like it won't slice through things but it'll actually activate a lightsaber like a hologram like a hologram interesting isn't that awesome wow see probably get some of those coming cosplay is getting cool man so is this cosplay or comic-con or is it it's both i mean there's a there's a contest like you know they do costume contests and stuff like that and i used to ring my son when he was into pokemon yep he's probably too cool for school now totally man Hey, it's cool. It's old old video games, comic books, you know, a bunch of weirdos hanging out for a day. I have found I love it. Two things. Two things. When I go there, generally there's there's a certain just kind of um well, number one, that when boys start discovering women, <laughs> comic books and Pokemon. It's gonna be this kind of conversation. Pokemon goes away. Okay. <laughs> hey. Second, I like my comic books, and I'm married. Secondly, <laughs> look at you getting all defensive out of the gate. <laughs> Second, Touch my comics, man. Secondly, when I went to the Pokemon convention, and there was 1,200 adult Pokemon players, sure smelled like virginity in that room. Yeah, but man, there's some money to be made on that stuff. <laughs> Actually, no, it did smell like gas station chicken. Oh. And I will tell you that. When you get these gamers together, they smell like gas station chicken after a while. It's very pungent. Very distinct, kind anyway, of a that's a whole kind of a diesel slash fried skin thing going on. Yep, it's a, it's a nice mixture. So anyway, <laughs> Comic Con. When I, last time I went, uh, there was a couple things I did enjoy. Number one, I was surprised at how many uh, swords and ninja weapons were there. Mm-hmm. I did like that. Yep. And then the other thing was they had uh, old school video games there. So yes, NBA jams. Totally was it was what I, I caught myself playing yeah. for an hour while my son and his friends ran around uh, beating up some cat. See, I played Paperboy for a while on a oh, Sega Genesis. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. That's a great game. Yeah. You remember that one back in the arcade when there was the actual yeah. bike you got on? Yeah, and I, I was a Paperboy, so I of course. It's like, hey, what do I want to do with my time off and the money I made from delivering papers? I connected with that. <laughs> Spiritual. Totally. And uh, <laughs> wow, that was... That's what I miss, man, arcades. I really do. Well, that's kind of what uh, Twitch is. Yeah, but I mean, there was a place in Arizona called Golf and Stuff. And as you might imagine, 18-hole, cool-looking golf. Mini you know, golf? It, it kinda, yeah, mini golf. Yeah. You had the go-karts, but it also had... A gigantic arcade. Mm-hmm. I mean, hundreds of games plus the skee ball and all that kind of stuff. And uh, as you know, it was what, like Magic Land. What I find interesting about arcades actually is um, I don't know how they have not made a comeback because no, yeah, really. Arca- well, first of all, the the whole the whole just allure of YouTube videos and Twitch. When you mm-hmm. take a look at a lot of these guys that are making money and everything, all they're doing is sitting there commenting on video games. 
They're either watching someone play a video game or they're commenting on them playing a video game. That's where I game. put my foot down in my house. I'm like, you're not but, watching someone else play a damn game. Oh, you got oh you haven't conceded to that yet? No. Oh, I had to give I had to no. give in to that five years ago, man. I mean, every one of his friends were all doing that. And I didn't want him to be the kid that didn't Well, you remember when you were a kid, it was like go outside and play it. Now I'm like, at least play the damn game. But What's the difference between that and watching G.I. Joe? I don't know. Screen some... time, screen time, man. And if that's all the true. if all the kids are watching PewDiePie, then and that's what all the kids are talking about, PewDiePie. I'd rather they watch G.I. Joe because then you get the more you know and no one's Sa- half the battle. South message, Park right? had the best one, which was Cartman commenting on kids watching other people commenting. Now, see, that I would watch. That was great. That's yeah, great. That, that was fantastic. That's like mystery science theater, second layer shit right yeah, there. Yeah, he man. thinks he's cool. He sucks. You know, he just start, <laughs> he's just digging in all of his friends. He's got the number one. Cartman, bro. Okay, Crude Life, you and I, let's start a Twitch channel because no. we're both incompetent at video games. That'll make it fun. I have absolutely no idea how to start a Twitch channel. That in itself will be fun. Getting back to <laughs> arcades, though, the reason why arcades uh, were very successful because, you, I mean, <laughs> people were standing around waiting with quarters ready to go and watching, and there were people that ran out of money, and they would sit and watch for hours. Mm-hmm. Okay? I mean, so... Part of the arcade was watching other people play. Okay? It was. It was Twitch. So I, I get that with Twitch, right? Yeah, yep. But fast forward to today, the big issue with arcades back in the 80s was the maintenance, was that they were so expensive to fix. And then as uh, computers came in, Texas Instrument and ColecoVision and all these uh, Ataris, mm. and the, the parts started going away like the old television sets, the old vacuum tube television sets. Right, the TV repairman. Mm-hmm. Well, the the video game repairman started going by the wayside too because the parts were obsolete. Well, then nowadays with the computer chips, all you got to do is put in a chip and you got a thousand games. Yeah. And I was in a place called Gator Pizza in Henderson, Nevada, which is a suburb of Las Vegas. Vegas yep. And in Henderson, Nevada, what he was doing was perfect, which was if you bought a pizza. He had four video games set up, these consoles. Hmm. And he, was, he worked for uh, the MGM or the Mirage. I forget which one. Caesars, whatever, one of the big ones. And he was an IT guy, so he knew how to get through the licensing and all this stuff. But essentially, you got to go through and just pick a, from 1,000 a games. Mm-hmm. And if you bought a pizza, you'd sit there, drink soda, eat pizza, and play video games. Play video games. My kid would do that, and I would do that for hours. Yep. And I thought, this is the model an arcade would work, mm-hmm. where you don't even have to do quarters. You can just, okay, for 5 bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour, yeah. whatever Sky Zone charges the jump on uh, trampolines for, what do they get, 45 bucks for an hour? No, it's like 20 but yeah, it's still... You get yeah, my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I think arcades could yeah. come back. Have Specialized, you been, yeah, like a niche market. Have you been to the uh, pinball club? No. Okay, so folks, Fargo has a pinball, a pinball club. club. Yeah, old wow. school jukebox pin, no, a pinball. And you have to pay, though. Right. And it's like... So they have a physical location with pinballs? So, yeah, you have to pay like a monthly membership. Uh, sure, maintenance is... And then you get a uh, uh, laser card, or you get whatever, a card. So then you can kind of come and go as you please, That'd right? That'd be cool. And you got to use quarters, though. And so one weekend a year, they do a fundraiser for, I believe, the year I went was Boys and Girls Club. And we went, and I went to my son. He was probably eight at the time. I said, let's go play some 
Pinball, man. Old school pinball. Man, I loved pinball. It was never any good, but I love pinball. Loved it. I, if I had a pinball machine downstairs, I wouldn't get anything done, right? <laughs> and we went and played pinball, and I went and I grabbed my big jar of change. Mm-hmm. I bet we spent $80 in quarters. Money well spent, man. Over three hours? A couple hours entertainment. Exactly. Absolutely. And I thought, oh, no wonder Noah's Arcade on Wayne's World was making so much right? money getting that gelatinous cube yep. that you could never get to. <laughs> well, hey, man, you remember when Dragon's Lair came out? That was like a buck twenty-five oh, a play for about 30 seconds. That was worth it, man. That yeah. was that was a movie. Well, that was one of those ones where people would stand around and watch. I mean, just It, was, it literally was a movie. Yeah. It was a laser disc. Yeah. That, that, that was the game. It was a laser disc. And it was a yeah, choo- it was an animated movie, Choose Your Own Adventure. Choose Your Own Adventure yeah. type of a thing. But- I agree with you. I think you could, nowadays, there's like, there's a market for that sort of nostalgia, but mm-hmm. also sort of a kitsch, sort yeah. of ironicness to it, you know? Yeah. We had a place in Fargo, another arcade. Mm-hmm. It was called W.C. Franks. Okay. And it was a hot dog and ice cream. Kind of was on one half. Was tables and chairs, you know, booth mm-hmm. settings for uh, hot dogs and pizza slices and, uh, and, and soft serve ice cream, right? Yeah. And then Snack bar food. On the other side, because the, the kind of the yellow brick road was right in the middle, on the other side was an elevated six inches up platform of about 30 to 40 video games. Nice. Man, I have never seen, and I was probably in elementary school, so we're talking pre-sixth grade here, okay? Mm -hmm. Pre-sixth grade. And this is what I remember. I remember at least eight different specials. Uh, Buy a hot dog, unlimited games for an hour. Tuesday nights, pay five bucks, unlimited Mm -hmm. token night. You know, all these different things that they tried. So now that I'm older as a business owner, all I could think of is like, man, these guys must have tried everything in their their power to stay afloat because yep. these video games, the um, there, there was always one or two broken. Yeah, always one or two broken. And if you didn't have an in-house engineer and an in-house uh, maintenance guy, you were screwed in no, that. It's like time. a bowling alley with lanes down. You know, well, it's kind of important. When, when I worked at the convenience store, there was a guy that I worked with who was a uh, he, he worked for a, he was a maintenance guy mm-hmm. for uh, of. Uh, Advanced amusement. So his job was fixing old video games. Oh, yeah. That's when he kind of let me know about the market, what was going on. But WC Franks, they got shut down for selling pot. And I went, there you go. Hey, they were trying to make the market work. They tried to make everything work. And in the end, they went to selling drugs. They, they, they tried to do what the CIA does. Just go to the drug smuggling. They weren't big enough to fail. I know. Or they weren't too big to fail. Yeah, jeez. But man. I remember because everybody, that's all they got known for in the end was, yep. that's that place that got shut down for selling pot to kids. <laughs> well, because they were an arcade. Probably find out it was like a front, like from Breaking Bad, right? You know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> like when Saul kept trying to get him to go do laser tag, to, to, go, to go have a laser tag place to sell meth. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> One of the greatest fronts alive. <laughs> At least I would have gone with paintball, man. You know, laser tag seems high end. Too high did, end. Did they get to paintball eventually, or did I they never get so. past never laser got past tag? laser tag, man. Damn it, Danny. <laughs> See, Danny, if you would have went to laser tag, then Saul Goodman could have sold your business. Yep. You know, that's sort of people thing. still be alive. <laughs> oh, man. But, no, old school arcades, I, I do think they could make a comeback. Uh, not, not even necessarily in a COVID world, mm-hmm. but I did wonder that for a while. 
while. And Comic-Con, though, I do think it's interesting that I I think like WrestleMania, which was last weekend, they had 25,000 or 40,000. 40,000, I think. 40, was yeah, it? I think it was. So they had 40,000 people each night. And by the way, it was not very impactful at all. Mm-hmm. So like I watched it, part of it. And well, first of all, when you have an arena with a dome versus an arena without a dome, it's night and day. Sure. It's night and day. In terms of sound. Sound. Yeah. When you're in a place like so when I go MC an event inside of a, 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 a enclosed arena, right? Mm-hmm. I have to be conscious of that because the sound stays right. in. It's not going to boom. So you can get feedback yeah. and you get a number of different things. You go to the outdoor, it just keeps going up. Right. And so when you're in front of 80,000 people, for example, you don't even hear them. You don't even hear them. So it was very odd because you couldn't even really hear the crowd. Oh, right. And the whole thrill of wrestling is the crowd the yeah. wrestling sucks so that's you, just a bad that's a bad soap opera man was the virtual crowd they were doing no. beforehand was that more effective than the I, 40 than a half real crowd the virtual crowd is kind of pet rock it was it was good and it's a great idea and you know it's 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 a good compromise mm-hmm. but you still don't have the energy of the crowd yeah and when you have any sort of athletic competition i don't care if if it's football I don't care if it's a trade show. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had three meetings last week where they said they don't give a crap about virtual trade shows, okay? They want to go to a real trade show, shake a person's hand, mm-hmm. know that they're going to look them in the eye when they talk about doing business, not sit there and watch Better Call Saul on Netflix while they're checking in to each place right. so they can go to their employer and say, look at me, I was at the virtual trade show. Well, it, yeah, you, you got to you know, have some actual results in meat space. Well, that's what I'm saying. So people want to go, you know, they, they, they want to go back to people face-to-face again, yeah. right? So uh, the Comic-Con is one that I think that you will see some numbers at. You know, you will. Still at the trade show, it's still 50-50. You know, mm-hmm. you, you still got corporations not allowing their companies to go. Yeah. Like, they will they'll even, might even sponsor something, but they won't allow anybody to go. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll support you this way, but we're not going to have anybody show up. Well, I know that there was a big uh, what trade show or something in Texas fairly recently, the Energy Commission or something, and it was mostly virtual. You know, so those large scale events. Well, the yeah. politicians are doing a lot of the virtual stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's just I think a lot of that now is just because they they don't want to face the music. I'll tell you what, it's tough though, man. When you, when you've got people coming to a conference, you know that you're getting them to listen to some boring speeches because they're there. They can't leave. Zoom, eh. Yeah, right. You're watching Better Call Saul while it's in the background. Oh, you totally. Know, it's yeah, Ta- you, you, Time Machine promo oh. as I start bashing some elected officials. <laughs> uh, 20 minutes we'll be interviewing U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer uh, here on the Crude Life uh, Morning Show in our Time Machine edition here because... Threes. And that, uh, by the way, that interview, by the time you're listening to this, has already been available on the, look at that! This is like spaceballs. Man, this is like spaceballs. Wow, when they, this is like the the when, new yeah. When, when they get to the point of the movie where they're watching themselves, <laughs> and then they fast forward the movie this to is find now, out where right now because this is what we're doing. Actually, I'm going to have an interview with Kevin Kramer in 20 minutes, but when people are listening to this interview, he'll have already been on the air. <laughs> we're going to leave you with that, folks. That's kind of access we have here. I wake up in the morning, I'm feeling sick inside. Now I wait for the time, the time to 
Music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA-sourced, premium quality, and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone lines. Alicia High School, GPS International. Thank you for joining the program here. We get a two-for-one here, folks. We get a two-for-one. Number one, we get to keep up with our month-long interviews of Keep America Beautiful all month long on The Crude Life. We're showcasing individuals and companies that are keeping America beautiful and in the oil and gas industry specifically. And we also have a woman-owned company too, but we've got some big news here because I was just looking through a white paper on a way that uh, GPS International and some of the... uh, uh, patent-pending technology that they're involved with, has a method to reduce methane. So, Alicia, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Let's talk about this uh, big news that's coming out of the white paper and some of the research involved. And um, I am you know, just had a quick chance to look through it, but it looks, looks to be all great news, more good news for the oil and gas industry, more proof that there's uh, emissions being reduced. So let's talk more about that. Absolutely. You know, the oil industry is, is the oil and gas industry has always been uh, environmentally focused. I mean, um, I know people give, uh, give our industry a bad name, but we've, we've always been leaders in, in, in being environmentally responsible. Um, you can just look at our well sites compared to the, um, to the, you know, the open mines um, and what they do to the environment. Pretty awful. But uh, we're super excited about this process. We've been talking about it and uh, working on how, how to make it work because, you know, some of those, um, those emission lines, the, the gas is flowing, you know, thousands of miles per hour. So it's like, how do you capture that? 
um, to make a, make a difference in the, in the admissions. And, um, you know, we, we came up with an idea and tested it in a, in a very, very small scale and it looked like it was going to work. So then we went out into Pecos, a friend of ours said, well, I've got a well you can test it on. And lo and behold, we had fire one minute and then we had nothing the next. <laughs> so we were like, what? Pretty exciting, I imagine. Cut so. that out. But anyway, we were really excited. We were all jumping up and down. Well, it's a, okay. So I'm looking at your little uh, treatment here, your white paper, uh, phase two. Field test results from hydrocarbon production site, Pecos, Texas, West Texas, April 2020. This is hot off the press. This is so hot, it's white hot, meaning that (laughs) it's right in the center. That's how hot this is. So uh, just explain, like, uh, you know, like if if, if I'm your customer, potential customer, you know, the the operators out there obviously probably want to know all about this. So what's the information that they need to know why this is – going to help them and why it's so beneficial well we've got uh you know patent pending um method to deliver our um our very specialized um chemical mist and um it captures that methane molecule it also um neutralizes h2s and um you know, this chemical is also biodegradable. There's no harm, harmful chemicals in it. So, uh, you know, environmentally friendly. Um, we're just thrilled to death. But it's a, it's, a great, um, it's a great method because it's not like we've got to go in and rework um, a lot of the systems that are out there. Um, I know a lot of the systems will, will have to be looked at individually. Um, we're also talking to refineries. Um, that's a big issue for them with their flares, but our system will work on theirs as well. Um, we've also, uh, looked at taking this technology offshore, um, because, you know, a lot of the production platforms and production, um, ships, um, also flare and, um, this, uh, this system can also be designed to fit on those platforms or on those ships. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, of sitting down with the, with the companies and that would be a custom, custom design thing and then install. But again, um, it's, it's an idea that came up and, you know, we all thought, gosh, this could work. And it did, you know, our, our, we will probably be continuously trying to improve our, our chemical delivery um, and, and maybe uh, improve it even into our our delivery system, but um, we've got we've got a, a pretty special special idea here. Well, how can somebody get involved with this, or know some more information, or just try to um, you know kind of wrap their arms around this? I mean, this is for this. You mentioned it could be for a refinery, it can be for a well, it can be for a number of different things, huh? Absolutely. Um, transfer stations, you know, oh, pipelines. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can go on forever. Honestly, uh, the applications, anytime there's a flare, we can, we can affect it. Um, and, and just in, in our, um, in our phase two, we saw a 60% 
we saw in our field testing, we saw a uh, greater than 60% reduction in emissions in the flame and the smoke discharge. So um, this is this is a game-changing um, technology for for flare flaring. You know, with the ESG movement, the environmental movement, the transparency side of things, I can really see where a lot of different oil and gas companies uh, it would certainly behoove them to at least entertain uh, something along these lines. Are you finding that um, oil and gas companies are, are receptive to this? Now, this is obviously new and everything, but I would imagine that you guys have been uh, kind of priming the pump a little bit ahead of time, getting some, you know, shaking some trees, if you will, getting finding out if some people are interested to see if the test results come back, huh? Yes, and, and they're, they're very interested. We piqued all their interest. And uh, because, you know, methane is 80 times more potent than carbon dioxide over its first two decades in the atmosphere. That stuff does not just go away. But we can make it go away with our, with our special chemical and, and application. So, you know, if anybody's interested and they want to learn more about it, and uh, we're happy to uh, make presentations. Um, they can reach me at a.highschool at gpsinc.com or uh, they can go to our website, www.gpsinc.com. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Life with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Speece, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> 
The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies and this is The Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Ron Gusek, President of Liberty Oilfield Services. This is Ron Gusek, President of Liberty Oilfield Services. I think there is a, there is a real lack of understanding in the world around where it is that energy actually comes from. I, I think to your point, people turn on a light switch, they expect the power to be there when they do that. They plug in their phone to charge it and they expect the little lightning bolt to show up in the battery there. But there's there's not really a thought as to where it is that that energy is is arriving at the wall from. And and so, and I think we've we failed a little bit as an industry in that regard. I think we have, you know, just put, on, put down our heads and done what we've done every day, which is go out there and figure out how to produce oil and gas and make sure the world has the primary energy that it needs without thinking twice that that anybody would question or or maybe not consider where that came from and so we we have a huge amount of work in front of us and you know i that's certainly true of the light switch uh the north face so you know we talked about i think a little while ago is but it is another example of that you know here's a here's a product that is made from oil and gas and there's just a complete lack of consideration i think for you know the raw materials that go into into that and so i think we have to stand up as an industry and respectfully and and responsibly help to help people to understand uh, you know what what makes their supply chain work what makes that light switch work what makes uh, what provides the clothing that they get all of those things that better help ensure support for those industries that make modern life possible today. To listen to the full-length interview with Ron Gusek, president of Liberty Oilfield Services, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts with our social media accounts, from the Facebook to the Twitters to the YouTubes. They're all located at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. From the staff at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today. 
uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and, and let me just say this, I, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, The grid operator is projecting that nearly three million homes in Texas uh, are without power today. uh, And and there's- It's already snowing here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't, I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Ector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Ector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those, uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes, or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be even be able to handle a, 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 you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now, you know, there's gonna be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half of the gigawatts went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. We'll have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, generator, these generators or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas on, a, on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? J.P. Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m. Uh, I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by It Takes an Industry to Build a Forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure 
the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come.